I remember jumping out of bed and started doing the research. And to my surprise, there's one book that's been read by over 100 million people. And the next best selling book on success has been read by less than 10 million people. And that book is... Welcome to Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I'm Cole Johnson, and thank you so very much for joining me. Our next guest has a secret. He calls it a $5 million secret. He says that there's a technique we all can use to increase wealth, and it will only take you 12 minutes a day to apply it. He's profited off of his own approach by taking his low six-income-a-year salary and bubbing it to $5 million a year. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, the man behind Think It, Be It, John Mitchell. Cole, thank you. No problem. Glad to be here. (laughs) Glad that you're joining me. And this is his revelation. Well, welcome to Revelations, John. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so glad that you were joining me and uh, y- your story just leapt off the page and I just had to have you. And uh, in order for us to properly do this for our first time guest, we have to have you open the way. So we're going to now open the way. <laughs> Now, with Open the Way, conversation starts when vulnerability enters the room. You, if I'm not mistaken, sir, currently reside in Texas. Now, is that where you cut your teeth in the world? And if not, uh, where? If so, okay. And that means we have something else in common. Uh, but no matter where you grew up, what was your upbringing? Well, you know, I uh, I grew up in, in Dallas. And, okay. um, you know, basically... Uh, started out my career as a CPA. I went to the University of Texas and came back mm-hmm. to Dallas and started out as a CPA. And, and uh, by the time I turned 30, Cole, I, it was pretty clear I did not want to be a CPA <laughs> all my life. And um, and so I turned into an entrepreneur at 30. And, and uh, But when I got to be 50, I just wasn't as successful as I thought I should be. And, you know, I had a great upbringing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just a great upbringing. And, but at 50, just wasn't as successful as I thought I should be. And I had really two goals in my life. And one was to make enough money so I didn't have to work. And the other one was to find the 
the woman of my dreams. And mm-hmm. at 50, I was unfortunately falling short on both of them. And as you alluded to, you know, on the money, I always made $200,000, $300,000 a year. But at 50, I realized to have the exceptional life I always dreamed of, I had to start netting over a million dollars a year. And I know that sounds materialistic, but materialistic, not materialistic, that was the reality, at least for me. And on the girl, I'd never been married, although I did a lot of interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I called it interviewing. My friends probably <laughs> called it baking. But, uh, but anyway, at 50, like a lot of people, you know, I was puzzled as to how I'm going to change things. And, and then a pearl of wisdom came to me probably three months after I turned 50. It was to find the top book in the world on success and apply that book literally word for word to my life. Mm-hmm. And so it, as soon as I came up with that idea, I, I remember jumping out of bed and started doing the research. And to my surprise, there's one book that's been read by over 100 million people. And the next best selling book on success has been read by less than 10 million people. Mm-hmm. And that book is Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. I bet you've I bet you've read it, haven't you, Cole? I've I've read I've read it. I hadn't I need to read it again uh, because uh, yeah, it's 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 a very impactful book. Right, right. Well, you know, when I saw that it was the top book in the world on success by a factor of ten, I'm like, boy, this is this is just what I'm looking for. And so, like the next day, I was like a heat seeking missile. I went to the the bookstore and bought the book and read the book, and then Cole, I saw the the problem. The book says there's a secret for creating su- success, but the author only gives you half of the secret. It's on the reader to figure out the, the other half. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like, oh, great. I'm, I'm, you know, disappointed. And I mope around for probably a couple of weeks. And then one day I just get up and go, John, just man up and figure out the full secret and a practical way to apply it. And so, Cole, over the next couple of months, I just immersed myself in the book night and day and, and probably read it 15 or 20 times. But what ultimately uh, emerged was I figured out the full secret and a 12 minute a day technique to apply it. And quickly, my income started doubling in a new company I was starting in the reverse mortgage field to the point where four years later, I was netting $5 million a year which was 25 times over what I'd made each of the prior 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I felt so blessed. But Cole, what was, was cool was I could see why it was all happening. I was just playing the game of life at a higher level and, and I could feel it. And, and I could do things I just never could before. And I became fascinated by the fact that you could take two key scientific principles and apply them to the person's life and so materially impact their outcomes. So that's basically my story. But but if I may, could I share you share with you why this 12 minute a day methodology impacted my income so much? Oh, definitely. And uh, we will definitely get to that later. Uh, okay. For sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah, you will definitely have that uh, have that freedom and uh, wherewithal to explain why and how. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, but I'm interested to see how your how your life was like when you were younger. So, uh, you uh, you had interests that 
really weren't about accounting and money. Uh, what were they? You know, big sports fan. Loved the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I played uh, uh, football and tennis in high school. And so I was a pretty avid sports fan. Okay. All right. All right. I I also saw that one of your uh, pursuits is uh, music. Uh, You actually uh, play guitar. So uh, when you were younger, what type of bands were you into or what type of musical groups were you into? Well, you know, uh, this is way before your time, but I was, uh, you know, I was into uh, Cream and Led Zeppelin and, uh, uh, you know, all the all the 70s uh, uh, groups and and, you know, uh, the Beatles, uh, you know, uh, so uh, but I didn't I didn't actually start playing music until I was in my 50s, uh, oh, wow. uh, which, you know, is interesting. I was. Uh, pleasantly surprised that I could actually take it up later in life and and do fairly well with it. Mm, okay. All right. Okay. Um. All right. So uh, when you were younger, were you interested in money, or were you around people who were good at acquiring wealth when you were young? You know, I was. Uh, I think I was interested in money, not not overly so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, if you're talking about, I mean, before I got into college, uh, I don't know that it mattered that that much. But I, it was clear once I got into college, you know, I want to have enough money so so I really don't have to work uh, because I I I didn't know what that would be like, but I knew I wanted to take this precious life God had given me and and make the most of it enjoy and enjoy it to the most. And if I always had to slave at a job, uh, that was going to interfere with that. Mm. We're just getting started. Revelations with John Mitchell will return. What's on E. Dicker's mind? A and B, I'm going to see my way out of it. Because why? I don't care. I have a message for people who do nothing but complain about black people. We can't change who we are. You called the cops on me? I think that every time... You call the cop on someone on a false accusation. Yo need to be a little bit punished. BS3 Network proudly presents a man with a lot to say, and it's unabashed to say it. What's on E Digger's mind? Sundays at 7:30 p.m. Central. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. Are you looking for something to do on your lunch break? Well, there's a show on the BS3 network that has only four words to say to you. Ready. 
the lunch break with AJ, powered by JM&E. Live weekdays at noon central. Entrepreneur John Mitchell joins me on Revelations. He has opened the way, and now it is time for us to take that walk across the bridge to prosperity. Now, this is where we link childhood lessons to adult application. Now, you actually teach at the University of Texas. You also said that you went to school there. So what drew you to Austin? Well, that's a good question. Um, uh, you know, I went to uh, Jesuit High School in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, the University of Texas was just the, the big dog school. Uh, and, um, um, you know, that's where I wanted to go. And, and of course, Austin is the coolest city in Texas. Uh, so, uh, that was another alluring factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know that all too well, cause I grew up in Houston, so I know how that is. Okay. You, <laughs> you, you know, Oh yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Sixth Street and all that. Yes, I do know. Uh, <laughs> uh, what did you did you major in accounting when you went to Texas? Yeah. OK. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what drew you into that world in the first well, place? You, you know, my dad told me the, that the language of business was accounting. Mm. And I'm like, OK, that makes sense. And I was I was good at, at math. And and so that was sort of a natural. Mm. Okay. So obviously you definitely want to be tied to business and, and cash flow. I can understand that. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I wanted, I wanted to be successful. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I saw that when I was in college, in, in high school, I wasn't a very good student. I, mm-hmm. I made C's. Mm-hmm. I, I tended to put more of my focus on, on athletics and, Mm-hmm. You know, when I got to Texas, um, I thought, well, I'll, I'll crush it because I went to private school. Well, I didn't, I didn't crush it so much. Uh, my first semester I got C's and D's mm-hmm. and finally sort of snapped two and thought, let's buckle down here. And then basically made straight A's the rest of the way. And, but that was a great experience because it, um, it really made me, um, realize I could accomplish what I set my mind to. Wow. And when I got out in the real world into the accounting world, I'm like, here we go. I, uh, I can, I can accomplish anything I set my mind to. Cause I just saw myself do it in college. Uh, and so that was, that was a good way to start the, uh, uh, my career. Although it, it didn't start with such a bang because I got uh, kicked around a, a little bit early in my career. So, you know, it was a, it was a little struggle at the start. Right. Yeah. As it is, I think for most who step out of college and try to find their way in the world, I, I totally understand right. that. Right. Okay. So you mentioned accounting, you mentioned that your father passed along that advice about how the business world ticks. So what was it about the art of money that compelled you back then? 
you know, I just wanted to have enough of it so that I so I didn't have to work. I mean, you know, when you start when you start your career, <clears throat> you're you're trading your time for mm -hmm. money to to pay your rent and to put food on the table. Right. But that's not really the purpose of, of life, in my opinion. It's it's something we all have to accept and we do. But uh, I'm like, well, let's figure out how to make a bunch of money so that at some point I don't have to do it. I can do what I want rather than what I have to do. Mm. Yeah, I heard a, a <laughs> I heard a, a a quote somewhere. I forgot who who said it, but it, it, but it was basically. Uh, Try in, in early in your life to do what you need to do so that you can later in life do what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you one thing I have learned in my life, if I take all my life lessons and I think back, you know, when I was in my 20s, um, you've got to find something that gives you an advantage over everybody else. It gives you an edge because if if you do life like everybody else you're going to get an average life. And I personally hated the average life. And, and I evolved to seeing, boy, I got to, I got to find something that gives me an advantage, uh, find a success formula, which is something I'd always been looking for. And by the time I hit 50, I'm like, I assumed it, it uh, didn't exist. And, you know, then shortly thereafter, I discovered it did exist in the most likely source, the top book in the world on success, but it, it, it was buried in it, not on the surface. Right. Yeah. Oh, so you've mentioned exactly where I wanted you to go next. So your twenties. Now you mentioned that you, uh, of course you graduated from college and you became a CPA and you took it, you, you took, uh, I guess you could say an inventory upon your life. And I think when we normally do uh, at 30 and say, this is what I like and this is what I don't like and I need to change it. So how happy were you in your 20s? You know, I think I was relatively happy, uh, uh, seven on a scale of one to 10. But, mm -hmm. but, you know, when I got to be 30, I'm like, you know, this, this accounting gig ain't going to cut it. I'm not cut out to be an accountant. And, uh, you know, I, it was pretty clear, uh, that, and I also found that I didn't like working for people. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know what it was. I had some bosses that I didn't think were that sharp and I didn't like that my future was in their hands. And I'm like, boy, I'm going to change this dynamic. This isn't going to be how my life is going to play out and having my life, my career controlled by somebody else. John Mitchell on the other side. Alicia. You can't hold somebody to that standard if you haven't voiced what you want mm. and what you're needing from that. Mika. If you're not communicating expectations, you're waiting for your feelings to be hurt. Nicole. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to take the time out to be alone and to get themselves together. 
Ivan. You gotta be willing to work through stuff. And from the jump street, y'all done had problems. Maybe you don't need to be working through those. BS3 Network proudly presents Queen 3 and King Podcast. Live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. This is a BS3 Network presentation. This your girl, Stacey Rose. Are you looking for a show with riveting interviews, important community information from a vibrant and grounded host? STK Productions presents the intro kit. Put God first and ask questions later. Let's get it popping. I wanted to give people a platform where they can express themselves and talk about their business and their endeavors in a very safe space. Content and entertainment just for you. The Intro Kit. Friday Eve. Or Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Central. Entrepreneur and the man behind Think It Be It, John Mitchell. Joins me on Revelations. He has opened the way. He has walked across that bridge. And now it is time for us to get behind the purpose. Now, this is the reason why we function the way we do. And you ended off exactly where I wanted you to go. Uh, you mentioned that in your 20s, you you were somewhat happy, but you were, like I said, you were taking inventory upon your life. And you were saying that being a CPA just didn't cut it. So what event led you to become an entrepreneur? Well, you know, it's, it's uh, I'll tell you a quick story. And uh, this is maybe this is enlightening for everybody that wants to be an entrepreneur. It sometimes it happens not the way you thought it would. And anyway, so I was a CPA and I got to know these guys that sold tax shelters to CPAs. And, you know, they were, Hmm. I'm 30. They're, they're in their late forties and fifties. And there were three of these guys and they were salesmen, polished salesmen. And so they tried out to all the CPAs in Dallas and, show them different tax shelter deals to get their clients into uh, uh, some of them. Mm-hmm. And so I went to them when I turned 30 and I'd known them for a couple of years. And I said, you know, you guys need somebody like me who can look at the deals that come in and tell if they're going to work both economically and from a tax standpoint. And back then I was, you know, making 30,000 a year. Uh, and this is a long time ago, but that's mm-hmm. what I was making. And they go, okay, yeah, we, we agree. Uh, it can be my transition out of the CPA business. And they said, well, come on, come office with us and we'll pay you the same amount. And if you want to do some accounting work on the side, great, but you just look at the deals and evaluate them for us. So mm-hmm. off I go 
I resigned from my CPA firm and um, I started looking at deals and, and they had a variety of sources for deals. And about three months into it, um, I find a, a, a deal that I thought was pretty good on my own. And so I go and I show it to them and uh, uh, it's a real estate deal building uh, mm -hmm. uh, fourplexes and uh, pretty creative idea that somebody else had. And I showed it to him. I said, you know, if you take this idea and you change this and you change that, uh, I think it'd be a home run. They look at it and go, yeah, boy, no kidding. This We could sec sell the heck out of this. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, they go, but you know, we're not, we're not uh, developers. I mean, we're, we're salesmen. And I'm like, well, how hard can it be? I mean, you know, mm -hmm. you, you buy the land, you get uh, an architect, you get a builder, you get the financing. I mean, how tough can it be? And I said, I can do this. And they go, well, okay, we'll, we'll let you try. And so, mm. um, I start on that down that road and I'd meet with them once a week and tell them where, we, where I was on it, but they were completely removed from it. Mm -hmm. And so we get down to the point of, you know, I do all the stuff I just mentioned, you know, find the land, find the builder, find the architect mm -hmm. and find the financing. And, uh, so then it comes down to writing the investment prospectus, uh, to, that explains the deal, explains the economics, explains the tax benefits. And, and that was right up my alley because I saw that I, my unique talent that I discovered when I was probably 27 as an, as a CPA was that I could take the complex and make it simple. Right. So I, so I write this investment uh, presentation and hand it to them and they take it. And within three or four days, they'd raised, four or $5 million, which is what it took back then to, to launch this idea. Mm -hmm. And so now the, I guess the other thing I didn't say about these guys is that they were all crushing it. I mean, mm -hmm. from a financial standpoint in today's dollars, probably each one of them was making a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. And here I was making 30,000 a year. And so once we sold out the, the investment, then I'm like, here we go. My life is really ready to take off. You know, right. I'm partners with the, these guys. And of course, it's all sort of on a handshake. Mm -hmm. uh, and so about a, a week or two after they uh, uh, sell it out, they call me into their office. A senior partner calls me in and it's a Friday. And he says, well, John, you know, we're going to let you go because um, you don't bring any financial strength to the equation. And, uh, and, uh, I go, well, of course I don't, I'm 30 years old. I've been making, you know, 30,000 a year. Of course I don't. I brought the idea. Mm -hmm. They go, well, nevertheless, you know, you don't bring anything now to the table and we're going to give you a hundred thousand dollars, but we're going to pay it to you in a couple of years when we sell this. Well, you know, uh, I was stunned, as you would know, and I remember uh, driving back home that night and being uh, just stunned. And then the next morning I get up and uh, I'm stunned. And then Sunday morning I get up 
and I go, F them. Mm-hmm. I am pissed now. Yeah. I am pissed. Right. And, and by the grace of God, truly, I was able to put my own deal together and I made more money doing my own deal than um, I would have with them. And that launched me as a, as an entrepreneur. But I, when I say I was blessed, you know, it was more the, the market was right for me to, to be able to do that mm-hmm. against all odds. And it was more luck than, than anything else. But I look back and that's one of my pride, proudest moments. Yeah. And I can see how that would be a problem for you. Yeah. You st- literally stepped on our faith and look at what it got you. Right. Wow. All right. So you talked about the importance of Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. Right. Now, how important was it to you when you first read it as just opposed to how important it is to you now? You know, that's a great question. Um, you know, I read the book when I was 41 years old. I just realized this not too, too many years ago. I have, I've got journals and, mm-hmm. and I remember scrolling through my journal a few years ago and saw that at 41, I read it mm-hmm. and thought it was a, a, a really good book, but it didn't change my life. <clears throat> and I think the factor that, that changed it at 50 was I realized that not only is this a good book, it's the top book in the world on success by a factor of 10. And that made me pay attention to it maybe right. more than I did when I was 41. Yeah. And, yeah, and believe me, uh, I, <laughs> this is one interesting anecdote. Uh, I found that uh, the leader of Orphan and Fire, uh, Maurice White, would turn turn every group member onto that particular book. Right, and, right. And that, and that was when I first understood what Think and Grow Rich was. I was like, wow, okay, so this guy, <laughs> he's having his band members read it. Okay, so this must be something that I need to read. All right. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if you don't mind, can I be vulnerable about something? Please, please. So, you know, when I turned 50, you know, I was feeling that scarcity of time, but there was something more going on with me than that. Uh, My mom was, was dying and she was dying of pancreatic cancer and she was probably in the hospital in Dallas for like eight weeks. And every day after work, I'd go see her, you know, I go hold her hand, talk to her and just love on her. And it was everything I could do to keep from breaking down in front of her. And so I'd spend, I don't know, two hours with her and then I'd leave and I'd walk out in the cold, dark parking lot and I get my car and Cole, I just cry my eyes out. And this goes on for like eight weeks, just crying my eyes out for about 30 minutes every night before I drive home. And obviously I was, feeling the impending loss of my mom. But I knew there was something deeper going on because I'd never experienced this level of emotion night after night. It was just excruciating. <clears throat> and what, what what I realized was really going on was that I felt like I was letting my mom 
down with my life. You know, my, my parents had given me everything they could. They sent me to Jesuit high school in Dallas when they really didn't have the money. And then they sent me to the university of Texas and paid for everything. And so night after night, I'm, I'm sobbing in my car with this horrible feeling that I'm letting my mom down after all the advantages they gave me, I wasn't making a dent in the world. And all I had was an average life. And, you know, I just, I hated the average life because I was just, I just knew I was capable of so much more. And as this was going on night after night, I was actually reading Thinking Grow Rich. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that pain was like rocket fuel and causing me to go deeper and deeper into thinking grow rich, really deeper than any other person on the planet to figure out the full secret. All right. So what is the full secret okay. of the book, Think and Grow Rich? And why, why do you believe Napoleon Hill only gives the reader half of the secret? Okay. Okay. Well, let me walk you through this. So, and, and this, this relates to, you know, going to the hospital every night to see my mom. And I remember one night in particular was, was really pivotal. And this was really the, the night my life changed forever. And I remember this night because, uh, you know, I'd, I'd gone to see her, spent 30 minutes crying in, crying in her, in my car, but, you know, Cole, this, this night felt different because it was snowing and being from Houston, you know, it doesn't snow very often in, in Texas. And so right. as I'm driving uh, home, I see those uh, snowflakes hitting my windshield and it just has this different feeling. Mm-hmm. And so when I uh, get home from the hospital, I plop my down and plop, plop myself down in my comfy chair and I read a few pages of Thinking Real Rich and like I said, this is maybe the 10th or 20th time I read the book as I'm, you know, digging deep to figure out the full secret. Anyway, I read that night that my success in life comes down to my daily actions. The cumulative effect of my daily actions determines my success in each area of my life. Well, I buy that. Okay. I never thought of it quite that way, but okay. I certainly buy it. Mm-hmm. And then I read that 95% of my daily actions are unconscious. Interesting. Hmm. Well, by now I'm tired and I'm ready to go to bed. So I put the book down and I go wash my face and brush my teeth and I get in bed. But Cole, I just can't stop thinking about what I'd read. And then it hit me. If 95% of my daily actions are unconscious, then I don't control my daily actions. Yet those unconscious daily actions are the very thing that determines my success in each area of my life. And, you know, as I'm sort of, you know, putting the pieces together, you know, this feels like an epiphany. I remember sitting up in my bed and looking out in my backyard and I see, you know, the glistening uh, snowflakes hitting my, uh, in my backyard. And I'm like, this is a this is a pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I only control my intentions. I only mm-hmm. control my intentions. Well, what controls my daily actions? 
Well, if 95% of them are unconscious, it's my subconscious mind, my autopilot. And, you know, now the dots are really starting to connect. That's why I think and grow rate spends so, so much time talking about auto-suggestion and the subconscious mind. And it all starts to come together at that moment. And, and I started to realize, oh, the thing that's been holding me back is my false belief about success. Now I see how success really works, it, that success is determined by your daily actions. 95% of them are unconscious. Therefore, to have a higher level, level of success, you gotta control your autopilot by influencing your subconscious mind. And that epiphany is what changed my life. Mm. And, you know, then, then the full secret came to me. And what I realized the full secret was, was that what you envision in detail with emotion on a daily basis is what shows up in your life. And let me, let me say that again. Here's the full secret to think and grow rich. What you envision in detail with emotion on a daily basis is what shows up in your life. And I realized that I had to define exactly the person I wanted to be, exactly what I wanted to accomplish, and precisely how I was going to achieve my clearly defined goals. And like, once I saw that, I'm like, the next day I'm on fire. And so over the next two weeks, I'm defining all that. And then I developed the key component of the system I was creating, the template. And the template made all that clarity that took me two weeks to really write out. It made it succinct so it wouldn't take, it, take me very long to read it each morning. And it also made it specific because the subconscious mind only responds to things that are specific. And, and so the, the template allowed me to apply the science of the human mind that Think and Grow Rich talks about. And reading it each morning, this succinct articulation of my life was the repetition that Think and Grow Rich says was required to influence the subconscious mind and rewire my autopilot. So that's that's the full secret. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Speak to those things that aren't as though they are. Ah. With more John Mitchell. This is Revelations. Discouragement, sorrow, distance. Your arguments cause damage to your family. The hurt leads to divorce. You feel like there is nowhere else to turn, but there is hope for you. That's where we come into play. There is an overcomer that lives inside of you. One ready to take on the world as you leap for joy, living in victory. You'll grow to love yourself and others. There's life after divorce, and you can claim it today. Get over divorce 
where your new story begins here every Thursday on YouTube and Spreaker. TED talk but i don't have anything to talk about yet i'm getting there life is for the living we're not here that long you can learn anything you want to learn without any money spent what do i really enjoy what do i really want out of life i am your host w-i-z-e are you in a life holding pattern well this is for you welcome to the stuck in my mind podcast these interviews commercial free well now you can revelations is on patreon become a patron today Serial entrepreneur and the man behind Think It Be It, John Mitchell, joining me here on Revelations. He has opened the way. He has walked across the bridge. He has given us the reason why he is the way he is. And now it is time to bring all of that to light. Now, all of us shine in a unique way, and John, you are of no difference with that. Uh, so, you have scientific ways and discoveries that you think it most affects a person's achievement in life. Uh, what are those two scientific discoveries that you have found? Well, now, keep in, keep in mind, it, this is all foundationally based on the fact that 95% of your daily actions are unconscious. Mm -hmm. And and so this is essentially the 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 first scientific principle in that in that here's how the human mind works. The conscious mind sets your intention and is influenced by logic. Subconscious mind controls your daily actions and it's only influenced by repetition. It doesn't care about logic. And and I'll give you an example of this. Let's say you want to lose weight. Well, the conscious mind sets the intention to lose weight based on the logic of the health benefits. But the reason people are not losing weight like they like to is not because of lack of intention. It's from lack of influencing the part of the brain that controls their actions, their eating and their exercise. Mm -hmm. And again, that's only control. That's only influenced by repetition. That's why when I said earlier, you know, you create this immense clarity about your life in basically the five areas of your life, and you feed that to yourself every day. Mm -hmm. When you do that, that provides a repetition to influence the subconscious mind, which is controlling your your eating and exercise. And and you know, I saw that that the reason this works is that it literally will triple your discipline. Uh, 
it causes you to focus only on what moves the needle and you have a level of control over your life beyond what you've ever experienced before. Of, of course you would feel that way because you're feeding the succinct articulation of your life to yourself every day. But that's the, that's the effect of, of it. Mm. Wow. That is powerful. Okay. All right. Now, now I mentioned the word science and a lot of people, when they talk about success, they don't look at it as a science. They almost look at it as, uh, sort of a, a a thing that you can attain physically. So why is success a science? Well, let me let me explain this to you. This is sort of uh, uh, right in line with this. Mm-hmm. So we are innately wired for survival. And what that means is is 90 percent of our thoughts are fear-based and we're reactive. Now that's how we're wired. When our little eyes open up each morning, that's how how we're wired. Uh, so so again, when we, when our eyes open each morning, we're on autopilot most of the day, innately wired to be fear based and reactive. Well, that's exactly the opposite of how we want to be if we want to be productive, creative, and happy. And so, you override that by your morning routine, which is, that's what this 12 minute a day technique is. You do it first thing in the morning and it, it overrides, uh, that, uh, inclination to be fear-based and reactive. And it's only a thousand times better way to operate than how most people today operate. Most of them get up and they're scattered. They're, they're again, they're fear-based and, because you have this immense sense of control over your life, you feel confident. And, and again, you're getting up every day confident. You're focused on, on what moves the needle. You've now tripled your discipline. Now you can do those key habits that maybe you couldn't do before. And again, it's just a radically different way to, to operate. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. You know, one, one other thing I might mention, mm-hmm. So, you know, when I take on clients, my goal is to take them to netting a million dollars a year. And for the one, again, about half my clients are are netting six figures a year. And every one of them will think, well, I don't know if, if I can do that. I don't know that I have it in me. Well, I didn't know if I had it in me either. Neither did my partner, Kelly Hatfield, when, when we met. And so that's natural. But here's the thing that I want people to understand. When you're innately wired for survival, and that's how you're rolling, you're operating at maybe 10% of your potential. Mm-hmm. Watch what happens when you play at 100% of your potential. You know, that's why people think, oh, I, I could never make a million a year. Ah, that, that I, you know, they might not say that, but, you know, deep down they think. Well, again, you don't know what playing the game of life is like at playing at 100% when you've all your life played it at 10%. Mm-hmm. And so it's a whole new ball game. And, and you know, what surprised me when I started netting, you know, mid seven figures a year was I saw that it really isn't about the money because 
because sure you 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 get a nicer car, a nicer house, and the nest egg starts to to grow, but it really changes your relationship with yourself, and you start seeing your life playing out much bigger, and 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 the potential to make a, a difference in the world that you know before. Hey, you were just trying to get get by. All right. So when was Think It Be It born, and why did you create the platform? You know, it was born really nine years ago, and. Uh, uh, you know, finally, I had enough money so I didn't have to work. It didn't take many years of $5 million a year to get there. And I'm like, this is so transformative. I want to share this with the world. I want to, you know, I tell you, when I when I first started netting a million a year, I went from 300000 one year to a million five. That was the first sort of crossover. And right then, I'm like, I want to give back. And so I started a foundation for single moms. But then once I had enough money to to not have to work, I'm like, I got to share this with the world. And I tell my story to the former chancellor and president here at the University of Texas. Mm -hmm. And he says, hey, you got to teach this at Texas. And why don't we teach it together? And now Bill's one of my very, very best friends. I talk to him every day and he's a player. He is a, he is a player. He's a little bit older than I am, but he's like the lead director for Southwest airlines and chairman of the board of Lincoln financial. And he is a player. And so, um, but that started, you know, and, and through his connections, he got me on the, on the, as a faculty member at, uh, the McComb School of Business at uh, the University of Texas, and and I guess the thing that that you you'd appreciate this, mm-hmm. they the the business school, which is one of the top five in the country, considers right. this twelve minute a day uh, methodology the top application in the world or the top book in the mm-hmm. world on success. And I know my mom is looking down on me right now. In fact, today is her birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope I don't get too emotional about this, but I know I'm making my mom proud to be teaching something I created at her alma mater and my alma mater. Okay, so you earlier talked about the two things you wanted to have, which is the money for freedom, basically. Right. And the girl of your dreams. Now, you have interspersed her all throughout this interview. But I will ask you this simple question here. So how has the girl of your dreams enriched your life more than you envisioned? Oh, I tell you, she is the best. You know, when, when I like, so I, you know, you heard the story at 50. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, as, as I started to apply this in, in Dallas, I'm like, you know, I've dated every girl in, in Dallas and, and she is not here. I'm moving to Austin. And so I moved to Austin. I didn't know a person. All I all I had was this new business in the reverse mortgage business and this methodology from thinking real rich that I was applying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, let's apply it to find the girl. So I defined exactly what I was looking for in her. Mm-hmm. And I also defined who is the person I need to be to attract that girl. Mm. And 
and within a year, I met her and, um, you know, fortunately I manned up and married her. And uh, um, I see how powerful that is to have a great uh, partner in life. Because so often when I'm working with people, I ask them to rate their marriage on a scale of one to 10. And oftentimes it's a four or five. And I'm like, oh man, that's a way bigger problem than the money. But mm -hmm. fortunately, this methodology affects your career, your marriage, and your health all at the same time. That's that's sort of the the beauty of it. And mm -hmm. and um, and I see that not only did it allow me to find her from applying it, but it allows me to be a great partner to her and and have the right actions happen automatically without thinking. Mm. One of the aspects about all of what you have just said, uh, it's imparted upon me is that, yeah, we can be, we could be romanced by the material wealth of what you can bring, but it is more about the wealth of the inner human being than the wealth that you accumulate. Boy, that is so well said. Yeah. And you know, I saw that this methodology changes your relationship with yourself yeah. big time, big mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, that's the biggest thing is, yeah. is the money is secondary. Uh, mm -hmm. It's nice, but it's secondary. But you start changing your relationship with yourself. That's the, the real gold of this. Entrepreneur extraordinaire John Mitchell joins me here on Revelations, and now it is the time in the program where we go plug tuning in. This is where our guest gets the chance to plug or promote anything that is on his or her heart or anything to his or her heart's desire. Of course, we're talking about a man, so this is a his. So, John, I will now cede the floor to you and roll the red carpet. The floor, sir, is yours. Well, thank you. Why well, I, I have a special gift for your audience that I I've been working on for quite a while. And it's the nine habits required to net a million dollars a year and have the exceptional life in the process. And um, I'm proud of it. I've I've really have been working on it a long time and I'm just just now have have finished it. And so if anybody would like to get it, just email me at john at thinkitbeit.com and just say, hey, I want the nine habits required to net over a million dollars a year and live the exceptional life in the process, and I will send it to you. Entrepreneur and uh, life coach, I could probably put, I could probably say that with certainty. John Mitchell, he joins me on Revelations. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this. Hey, me too. I have too. I really have. Oh, man.
request, Q-Tip plainly stated, if knowledge is the key, then just show me the lock. That seems to be the way John Mitchell operates. Show him the door to open, because he's already armed with the knowledge to unlock it. When we think about rich, money firstly comes to mind, but there is a deeper meaning to being rich. Many people have said the right attitude will positively affect your right altitude. The Bible says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. The art of thinking and growing rich, to mildly put it, is making sure that you are internally rich. You deserve wealth. You deserve to live the good life. If you truly want to live the lavish life, then you must do everything possible to attract it, knowing you are worthy of love, life, and the pursuit of happiness. Many thanks to John Mitchell for giving us his perspective on life. And why don't you join us every Tuesday on YouTube at Revelations TV Show and every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on the BS3 Network where you will get a revelation like John's each and every week. For changing the world one conversation at a time, I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelations. tuning into Revelations. To download this episode, go to Acast and type Revelations. For apparel, go to Spring and type Revelations. Music by Lakey Inspired. Inspired.